Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the Donna and Steve Experience on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, if you missed the last hour of the Jason and Alexis show. May I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast? I missed it. That what, was about what, what the a, funniest story I have ever heard Steve, on the radio. I'll give you a tease. Okay. It involved Alexis's mom, Emily. All right. Calling us in a Dollar General store bag and the Kentucky police. Okay. Well, that's a that's the meaty little tease there. And I think you can relate to it. Hmm. She is hilarious. I've never heard Alexis's mom before. Uh-oh. So funny. I smell a recurring bit. I that's Move what over, I was thinking. Hell. I'm like you guys need to have her on all the time. Oh, you should wow. do a weekly segment. You could just call it Alexis's mom. Storytelling. Yeah. Story time. Yeah. What's Alexis's mother's name? Do we? Emily. Emily. All right. Lovely. Nice. Wow. Wow. All right. There's your deep tease. Don't forget, you can listen to all of the hours of the Jason and Alexis show on the MyTalk app, as well as our website, MyTalk1071. So, too, the Don and Steve show, the adventures of Bradley and Don, LoJ, as well. It's all there. Nice. Streaming. Ready for you to listen. Way to go. Teamwork. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just trying to get that bonus. Isn't it if we mention the, the, the app so many times, we get like a free lunch or something like that? I don't that? think so, but right. I like the idea. I've long said sports is the best unscripted drama on television. Yes. To the point where occasionally I'll come in with a story from a sporting event that happened the night prior, and I'll say, if Hollywood wrote it, you wouldn't believe it. It'd be the kind of ending where you would say, okay, you kind of lost me at that. It's a little too on the nose, or a little too unbelievable. Last night's Monday Night Football had it all. Aaron Rodgers was the focal point of the HBO docuseries Hard Knocks this year, where they follow one NFL team throughout training camp, and it gets you interested in that team, whether you love them or loathe them. You get to know them. This year, of course, was the first year that Aaron Rodgers left the Green Bay Packers, where he's been for more or less the past two decades, a hated rival of many of you who are hearing his name said right now. And for some of you Green Bay Packers fans out there, you have mixed feelings because he was your boy, but now he left. He wanted out of Green Bay. So throughout all of Hard Knocks, which I watched all of it, there was the entire storyline was Aaron Rodgers. You know, and that makes good sense. They have been a long-suffering team, the New York Jets. The last time they won a Super Bowl was in 1969, and I get it. Vikings fans are like, you know, hold my beer. But still, it's been a long time since they have been associated with legitimacy, success, NFL relevancy. On Hard Knocks, not just when Aaron Rodgers was on screen, but when you would have other coaches in other parts of the building talking with different parts of the team, defensive backs, linebackers, whatever, they would be talking about, all right, here's our scheme. And then they would mention, but by the way, we got number eight. 
Aaron Rodgers. So with eight on our team, we're never going to be out of a game, which means you guys need to always keep fighting because he's always going to have us in a game. They cut to the sideline of any time Aaron Rodgers is out on the field. It's all the coaches just saying, my gosh, can you believe this guy? To the point where you're thinking, if you're the backup quarterback, Zach Wilson, who was a high draft pick for them the year before, he's probably watching this back thinking, did nobody think I could throw right. well? Because they're all like, finally, look at this guy. He's amazing. Yeah, this guy's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Now, to make this even more interesting, Aaron Rodgers gets to know Zach Wilson. We all watch this happening on Hard Knocks. And it turns out they develop like a really friendly, supportive relationship. So it's like, this is going to be great for Zach Wilson. He's going to learn under Aaron Rodgers and have a second, a fresh wind when it comes time for him to, to become a starting quarterback again. Little did he know it would come so soon. It was four plays into Aaron Rodgers' tenure with the New York Jets. Minutes after Donna, he ran out at a lights-out MetLife Stadium. It looked like they were about to start a concert. Remember yesterday, September 11th, you have two New York teams playing, the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers, the last person out of the tunnel with the American flag. It was like a chills kind of a moment. And it was like, this is awesome on the um, anniversary of 9-11. Four plays in, Rodgers goes down. He gets back up. And you're thinking, okay, this is fine. He just, you know, they, they get banged up. Then he looked over at the sideline, shook his head, and then just sat down. Within minutes, Twitter started running replays of what had happened with zoomed-in angles. And Twitter doctors started diagnosing him with a likely Achilles tear, which is, by the way, your season is over. Oh, it's yeah, a season gosh. ender. Months to recover from that. Oh, Se- no. Season ender. And if it's true, uh, it, well, I, I, when you take into consideration Aaron Rodgers' age, they then would start to flirt with the idea of, is that a career-ending injury? Oh, so, no. Donna, the buildup of the New York yes. Jets fan base saying, finally, we have a guy. They were the, the odds for them to win the Super Bowl just kept going up and up. It was like, wow, these guys could really do it. He's suddenly going to put them on the map. Everybody, and again, every coach talking about, we've got Aaron Rodgers. Look at his throws. This is going to be great. This is our moment. The Aaron Rodgers, they bring in other players to support Aaron Rodgers. Everything, the stage is set. <laughs> in fact, there was even a uh, an ESPN uh, longtime anchor named Mike Greenberg, long-suffering New York Jets fan, and he's unabashed about his his dedication to them. He, last night on Instagram and Twitter, took a picture with a bunch of other ESPN anchors. And he said, we're doing a... He hosts a morning show called Get Up on ESPN. He said, we are doing a sleepover at my New York City you know, apartment. And there are all these different uh, sports anchors that he's been talking about, talking with on television about the Jets. And he said, we're going to be documenting it all night. He showed like, it was like if your mother was preparing a Monday Night Football party. The table that had Doritos and chips, there were cans of Coke over there. They're all there. They're going to talk about it this morning on the show. They're going to have oh, a big no. sleepover. And Aaron Rodgers. And Greenberg had been talking about it for months. We might get Aaron Rodgers. And then the next picture you see is this side view. He didn't even know the picture was being taken. Just looking at the screen like, you've got to be kidding me. Why is he down? Why is he on a cart? Deflated. The entire energy of the stadium deflated. Jets fans all around the globe crestfallen thinking, of course, this would happen to us. 
It's very likely that Aaron Rodgers will be deemed ruled out for the rest of the season. So it seems there's nothing to the contrary oh at this God, point. All that buildup. Okay. Oh. So then you get toward the end of the game. This guy Zach Wilson, aforementioned, who's mm-hmm. learning under Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he's now your New York Jets starting quarterback. He ends up bringing them back. They're down thirteen to three. He ends up tying the game after a crazy touchdown catch. All credit to the receiver. It was amazing. They weren't supposed to be in this game by any measure, especially with Aaron Rodgers down, of course, and just the energy sap. They force it to overtime. The Bills turn the ball over. They punt it to a guy who was featured on the last episode of Hard Knocks where you thought he was going to get cut because he's undrafted free agent. He was an undrafted rookie, meaning they went through every round of the draft and everybody's like, pass, pass, pass. They bring this guy in, makes the team. He gets the punt in overtime. Opening night at MetLife Stadium, and he returns it for a touchdown, a walk-off winner. Only the third punt returned in an NFL game in overtime ever. You want to hear the call? This is what it sounded like. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. And he's going to go. Just win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Wow. Let me say, I care not at all about the New York Jets. I mean, not at all. At, when that happened, my wife yelled, Grace and my son yelled, I yelled, all three of us who were watching. And the first words out of my mouth were, that is so great for the New York Jets. Yeah. I'm so yeah. happy for their fans. Yay. that The little kids who were at the stadium last night wearing their Aaron Rodgers jersey, crestfallen immediately. If you could have said, stay with us three hours from now, you're going to be losing your mind. You wouldn't have believed it. No. It was, it was. That's cool. You can't make this stuff up. Unscripted drama at its finest. Love Sports. It. My gosh. Anyway, um, all the best to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no kidding. Not Yikes. Looking good. Hmm. I don't know. I now am going to leave for the day. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. All righty then. Because you're going to come back with some things that make you go, huh? Yeah, and we have all sorts of fun stuff today, too. When we come back, though, see if you can figure this out, Donna. There is a singer. Okay. Female. All right. Who has sold more than 80 million albums. Okay. Never gone on tour, ever. Ever? Ever. All right. Can you figure it out? We'll get into that. Things that make you go, huh? Next on and Steve on my talk. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. Hey, mama. Mm. Still nope. Nope. All right. Holly Roberts with us as well. Yep, nope. <laughs> yep, nope. There goes all my fun for the day. Yep. Then we could be the mamas and the papa. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I mean? Definitely not. Come on, Donna. No. Donna, do you think you're going to die having never stepped foot in California? Speaking of the mamas and the papas, California dreaming. Wow. Uh, I hope not. Why do you ask such a thing? When I mentioned California, you mentioned that you've never been there. And, you know, the talk, the clock is ticking for all of us. No, I and ha- okay. Unless you make a plan, uh-huh. to, you're not going to get there by accident. You're not going to accidentally take 494 West and end up in San Jose. You got to. Mm. Get busy. Well, let me just correct you on something. I have been to California. I have not been to Los Angeles. Let's see you, Dad. I've been to San Diego a couple of times. I've been to San Francisco. Oh, okay. Just never been to LA. 
Okay, we don't. It's fine. You can skip it. It's pretty. You're not going to like it. It kind of looks like a dump. (laughs) (laughs) There are parts of it that are. Um, You know, like I always said, when I would go to the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills for a work event, with like four minutes before you got to the Four Seasons, you were passing all sorts of businesses with bars on the window. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's all. It just seems like New Jersey with a lot more celebrities. I haven't been to enough of New Jersey um, to really give New Jersey a fair shake. Been to Newark, the airport, real nice, real nice. Hmm. But I don't know much about New Jersey. I can't tell you anything. But New Jersey, to me, the streets there look like a bunch of the streets in Pittsburgh. You know, kind of row houses, tightly, like you could, if you need Very to borrow close. sugar from a neighbor, just yeah. open your window, reach out, and knock on their window. You Depends know, it feels like you're where. Close. Depends where you are. If you sure. go to Montclair, now you're talking beautiful homes. Yeah. You know, like, huge. Thank you. Huge. All right. So big. Huh. What? So big. Huh. What a big home. Huh. There is a singer who has sold more than... 80 million albums. Okay. Never, ever gone on tour. So, very well to do. You definitely know some of her songs. And she's never toured, ever. What an interesting thing. Almost like she's a studio singer. Streisand. You are incorrect. I have a guess. All right. And you haven't looked, Holly, right? I haven't looked. Okay. My hands are up. Hands up. Okay, nothing crossed. Kate Bush. Ooh, that's a, that's, oh. Oh, oh, that's a good it's a good guess. It is not oh, Kate Bush. Susan um, Boyle. Ooh, not one. Susan Boyle. That's kind of a good oh. guess, though. Is it a female? It is a female. Okay. Okay. Eighty million. Eighty million. Um, that's a lot of millions. That's a lot of millions. Can you give us a, a decade of their age, Steve? Um, let me look that up. I'm going to give you another hint in the meantime. Uh, well, let me see if I can. Okay. This person is currently in their early 60s. This person has a one word name. Cher. Cher. Has Cher ever toured? Yes, she has. It is forever not Cher. and ever. And ever. Yes. <laughs> she's, still, ever. she's touring right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, not Cher. Ooh. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this A list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. One word name. Um, Adele. Oh, she's not, not in her a, 60s. <laughs> oh, see, this is funny how the brain can, works. Can you give us a genre, please? Peaceful. Oh. Peaceful. Calming. Enya! Enya! Oh, wow! Yeah. Good job. Good Enya! Yeah. You know that song? 80 million albums? 80 million. Um, just celebrated her 62nd birthday on May 17th and uh, has never gone on tour. How interesting. What I'd love to know. 
Why? Because I, when you live in a big castle and you write cool music, why? Why do you? Why? But yeah, I, I guess you don't need to search for the thrill. Yeah, but can you imagine going to an Enya concert? It would be nap time. <laughs> I mean, people would just be. Uh, yeah, I guess there's no mosh pit. Other artist who's like weird and chill okay, that people going. like. Um, it's a, a female. She's. Um, I don't know any of her songs, but she's very. The person you're describing. Yes. So you can't even hum a song for us. No. No. Well, this is a terrible. I know. Um, I know. One one word name? Do we know? I know. I think she's got two names. Okay. Um, She's weird. Bjork. Ooh, I like the guess. My friend makeup for me. Um, (laughs) That was Bjork on the red carpet (laughs) wearing her swan dress. Thank you. That's right. Uh, Who are you wearing? I'm going to have to get back to you. Man, that's a bummer now. I I need to know. I'll figure it out. You go on with your bad self. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. The inventor of the Rubik's Cube was Erno, E-R-N-O, Erno Rubik. Oh. It took him one month to solve it for the first time. The cube was invented in Hungary in 1974, but it wasn't sold as a toy puzzle internationally until 1980. But if you ever wondered why, is it called the Rubik's Cube? It's because of Erno Rubik. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, The term honeymoon comes from a medieval... Sorry, I always say that you don't medieval. like medieval. How am I supposed to say it? Medieval. Yeah. Okay. Let me try it again. <clears throat> the term honeymoon comes from the medieval. Tri- <laughs> Did I do it right or wrong? I don't think so. It doesn't. It doesn't comes from like the fourteen fifteen hundreds. There was a tradition that when couples got married, their families would give them a bunch of honey wine to drink for one full twenty eight day cycle of the moon, and the honey wine was supposed to be an aphrodisiac, hence honey moon. You dig it? You're yeah, searching okay, for the that's person. Cute. No, but I'm listening. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Thank you. Did you find the person yet? Not yet. You'll love this one, Donna. There are approximately 25 to 50 active serial killers in the United States at any given moment. How many? <laughs> 25 to 50. Holy cow. Now, that's down significantly from the 80s and 90s when there were four times that many. In 1987, in their heyday, yeah. there were 198 active serial killers. Uh, for uh, context here, a serial killer is defined as someone who's killed two or more people at different times. Wow, wow that was I wish dark. I wouldn't have ended on that one. Me too. Did you find out who the singer was? Not yet, I will. Darn it. Well, then I leave you with that. Serial killer news. That's my bad. <laughs> oh my we'll take a break. We'll okay. take a break. All right. Okay, fine. All right, then now would be a good time for me to tell you about the nutritional program I started about four weeks ago. You know, you've heard us on this show talk about gimmicky juice cleanses, intermittent fasting, and so on. But the truth is, that is not for long-term success. I am actually learning from Profile Plan how to modify my poor behaviors and how to be more intentional when it comes to food and nutrition. Profile Plan, um, it's a great weight loss program, you guys. It's designed by doctors and nutritionists and researchers, and it's based on actual science. Here's the deal. If you've got like an event coming up or maybe you want to get back to your fighting weight before the holidays, do what I'm doing. Start the profile plan. There are nine locations. 
you'll get to enjoy yummy profile plan foods in addition to um, healthy grocery store foods. It's easy to follow, and with the help of a coach, you'll get all the help you need to reach your goal. Do it now so you don't forget. Head on to profileplan.com slash Twin Cities. Hi, welcome back. Thanks for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. I was thinking of Lana Del Rey. Oh, yeah. Three names there. That's a triple. Uh-huh. I, I could not name one song from her. Video I'm games. Lana Del Rey. Didn't she do um, the uh, Summertime Sadness? I really liked that song. She sure did. She did that. That was part of the Great Gatsby soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she did an SNL performance. I remember she got bashed for it. It was just Aww. like, everyone was like, oh, boo. I, oh. And then I watched it, and I was like, this seems not, it seems good. I like her music. I, I like that. I like that relaxing music. Like Enya. I love Enya. Lawrence Welk. <laughs> now it's time for Get About these Sisters. Blow bubbles. <laughs> and I'm Judy. Um, yeah, I, I like anything chill. That's why I listen to soundtracks a lot, you know. So a Lana Del Rey concert or an Enya concert, these have to be at like the Orpheum. The State Theater, no standards, and they should just say like, "Hi everybody, thank you so much for coming tonight." Remember, this is chill. Don't stand. We don't need any yelling at any point. We're now, just going to sort of sit and listen. I picture more like I don't know in an amphitheater in a park where people are sitting on blankets and you can lay down. Because yes. I went to a vibe <laughs> concert like that at the State Theater a zillion years ago, and it was the Icelandic band Sigur Rós. Unbelievable. And I was sitting in the third row, second row I went, because my boyfriend at the time was a big fan, and I fell right to (laughs) sleep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Open, jawed, these people (laughs) pouring their heart and soul out, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) my God. That's so funny. I just won't do things to impress men like that again. Yeah. Yeah, Lesson learned. Yeah, you just sometimes you just gotta go not interested. I don't even know who I would answer. If you said, why don't we go around the horn here? If I could give you free front row tickets to any musical performer on earth. Wow. But you get only one. You get to go one time to this front row unbelievable experience. You could also argue it's the front row, the right seat, because you're looking up the whole time. Yeah, that's a little true. bit. I bet midway through the show, they're like, "Golly, my neck hurts." Maybe not. Maybe people are stronger than me. But who would you see if mm. you could see anybody? They have to be living. Oh damn, Donna! What? They have to be alive. It's alive. Make it tough. I have no idea. I don't know. My concert going days are over. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> Holly, anybody uh, anybody come to mind for you? I would see the Rolling Stones. I think that is a band, if That's given the good. opportunity, and they put my keister right in front, and I get sure. to sit in the pit, and I get to sit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. entertain me, Mick and Keefe. Yes. Yeah. I would take them up on the offer. It'd be cool to see them up close. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. I might say Coldplay. 
in that I really like Chris Martin. I think he's a very talented musician. He's, he's a wonderful performer. Seems like a nice person. Yeah, I think you would. I think you'd you'd really vibe out there. It would just be like, especially if you're up close, seeing him pound away on the piano for some of the songs. Sure. Springsteen cool. would be cool. That's. What? It's a little stereotypical, oh, of course. That's great. It's good. He's great. He's the boss. He's boss, and he's a great he's performer. Yeah, yeah, he'll entertain you for three plus hours. That's right. Donna and I once saw Bruno Mars together. That's our claim to fame. Remember that? Floor seats that paid for by show. Marley's mom. Shout out to Marley's mom. That was right? really nice of her. We went to a dinner beforehand at some restaurant that like used to be a home or something. Yeah, that haunted place on uh, in yeah. St. Paul. Four Paws. That's it. Yes, we ate at Four Paws, and uh, and then walked lovely. over and saw that show at the X. It was great. Bruno Mars went his whole show. This was his tour from. It was great. Twenty seventeen or eighteen. It was great. It was great. He he could wrap that whole XL Energy Center around his little finger with just one little hip movement or eyebrow raise. However. Two things that we uh, docked him points for. One was excessive use of pyrotechnics. Like he finishes a song, and then they would do these loud indoor fireworks. I think indoor fireworks um, banned. I'm banning them. Thank you very much. Mm. Second, not a single outfit change. <laughs> he was going the entire... I mean, that was a highly energetic show. Yeah. Highly so yeah. good. Oh, he needs to go on tour again. We haven't heard much new music from him recently. Not in a long time. What is going on? The last thing I remember from him is Flowers. Oh, you okay. So by that, it, was, it, was, well, it wasn't called, called Flowers. It's okay, called, But that's uh, the one that people are saying Miley Cyrus is Flowers. is sort of, it's inspired by that because Liam Hemsworth dedicated that song to her. That had special meaning for them. And then she wrote sort of the antithesis of that. Right? Yeah. Wow, I'm very impressed by how much you knew about that. Yeah. You know, it's like Al Bundy. He There are certain things that are in your head that you just remember. And I remember watching an episode of Married with Children, which was more or less banned in my house. And it was funny because he said anytime he learned something new, something old had to go away. <laughs> so it was just, he just oh, had right. a finite limit of what of could be memorized. <laughs> And, uh, nice. and I forget what happened in the episode, but then he learned something new, but then he, it made him forget the very basic thing that he needed to remember. Mm, Peg funny. was upset, yeah. Donna. You would have loved the episode. When <laughs> I was your man, by the way. Thank you. When I was your man. Yeah. Um, I brought you flowers. Sorry, I blew up. Anyway, oh, we really, really drove off the road. We sure did, Donna. We sure did, Steve. But we didn't tease anything, which is both a discredit to us as broadcasting <laughs> professionals, but also provides us leeway for what we did here because we haven't had created any unmet expectations. Well, you okay. said the quiet part out loud, Steve. That's sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we are thinking about restarting our book club. And Donna uh, decided, well, let's maybe not do a memoir this time. We've done memoir before. We did that with Katie Couric. Um, and so maybe we're like, we'll, we'll get into some fiction or nonfiction. What are we reading? Nonfiction or fiction? fiction. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, that's a good question. So it, Holly, you know, the, um, the upcoming Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yes. Killers of the flower moon. That's yes. what we're going to read. We're going to read that. Holly, do you know if that means we're reading fiction or nonfiction? 
Well, that would it's, be... Mm. Is it based on a true story? Yes. <laughs> oh, then we're reading probably it, nonfiction. I, historical fiction, historical maybe, perhaps fiction, maybe? it might be categorized as that. I don't know the details about kind that of the, book. The creation of the FBI, I know, is a part of that. The birth of the FBI is part of that story. Julia sent it to us, and we were like, okay, fine, we'll do Sounds that Sounds kind one. of boring, though. No, 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 no. no. Oh, Donna, it's you a bestseller. Judging a book by its synopsis, don't. Anyway, one of the books that we opted not to read, I suppose. It, uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. No, that's the yeah, I just want non nonfiction. Non- non- Yay! Fiction. I love nonfiction. Yay! Haha, Donna, you're reading nonfiction again. Eat it. Oh, man. Okay. But you're not reading the Elon Musk biography, so maybe you can be happy about that. I believe it's out today. Um, oh, that's why there's a whole bunch of grimes quotes and yes. things like that okay um so the morning brew was writing about some of the things that you can expect in this elon musk biography if you want to get through it by the way set aside some time 688 pages not interested <laughs> <laughs> here are some things that you'll miss out on donna uh, musk's childhood and personal life it's always my least favorite part of every story. although his mom seems very sweet uh, well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, they say that Musk's dad, described as emotionally and physically abusive, is the number one demon in Elon Musk's mind, and that demon, in part, motivates Musk. Uh, he also revealed that Musk, we learned this yesterday, that Musk has three children with the aforementioned Grimes, bringing the total number of children that he is known to have fathered to 11. <gasps> I didn't know that. The pair had kept their third child, um, a boy named Technomechanicus, a secret. He and he and Nick Cannon, I bet, I sure they could commiserate. Yeah. Over a cup of coffee. It's a lot of kids. It's a it's lot a of kids. A lot of kids. You just wonder when you have that many kids, and if you're not living in the same home with them, how much are you able to give to them Great. as a Father, as a parent. Great you know question. I mean? I Great question. Uh, here's another thing that's going to be in this uh, Elon Musk biography, which is out today, I believe. Uh, about 35 bucks if you want to take it home. A portion of the biography focuses on Elon Musk's relationship with Bill Gates, including apparently they had this meeting at a Tesla factory, but that meeting turned a little bit sour when Musk told Bill Gates, Microsoft's co-founder, and a notable philanthropist, that most philanthropy is bullcrap, and grilled him on why he had shorted Tesla stock. Grimes' take on that encounter was, she said, I imagine it's a little bit of a blank measuring contest with Bill Gates and Elon Musk there. Sure. Also, Grimes apparently um, says that Elon Musk sent a photo of her having a C-section to some of their closest family and, and friends including her dad, her brothers. And apparently she basically said he was just clueless about why I would be upset. (laughs) It kind of reminded me of you, Steve. Now, wait a minute. There is a distinction here to be made. Now, look, I know many people have called me the Elon Musk of Cheska, but I want to draw this line in the sand. (laughs) I, A, have, and most importantly, have lose blessing when it is shared. B, I only share it, the video of the C-section, if people are like, yes, I want to see that. But I do enjoy showing it to people if they are down because it's just such a wild thing to see. But I wouldn't send out a group text to the family and say, hey, you know, 
look, Lou just had the baby, and there she is with her stomach cut open. All right, that's good to know. All right. It's like a scene out of Alien, Donna, a movie I've never seen. But it seems like a science (laughs) fiction. The magician says, and now for my next trick, I will saw this person in half and remove a baby. And like one minute you're there, their abdomen cut open surgically, and the baby is still in there. And then they like cut through this little sack or whatever, and suddenly the baby is out and now crying. It is unbelievable and it's amazing how clean some of them can be too hmm. others not so clean i've been to both but some where <laughs> it's like been to both. <laughs> just, uh, there was one where there was like a saran wrap situation i couldn't believe how clean it was oh. another where he accidentally you know something was there was fluid Okay. We all have fluid. Done. Okay, thank you. Anyway, pick up that Elon Musk book today. No, thank if, you. If you want, if you right. want. All right. Okay. I could give that one a pass. Right? All right. No kidding. I'll pass right. it on the Elon Musk book. When we come back, if you see something, you should say something. I'll tell you what. Somebody saw something in Drew Barrymore's audience yesterday mm. and was asked to leave. I'll tell you what it was. And I have a question about those telephone poles that seem to be precariously leaning on other telephone poles. Have you seen this? No. You've seen this. I don't think so. We'll describe. When we come back, it's Donna (laughs) and Steve on my talk. Oh, hello, it's Donna. I want to talk to you about Spire Credit Union. They've got loans to borrow for any purpose, you guys. They will finance your new or used vehicle. They'll make that whole process really easy. They'll get the, the, the loan done very quickly, too. They've got low rates to get you more car for your money. And just to keep that in mind. You don't necessarily have to finance through the dealer. In fact, Spire also offers extended warranty plans with better coverage and at a lower cost than the dealers. And listen to this. Spire's got an auto refinance guarantee where Spire guarantees to beat your non-Spire auto loan or they'll... Flat out, give you 50 bucks. Just ask a Spire rep for more information on that. Spire's been in the business since the 1930s, and now they've got like 22 branches in the metro in Minnesota. The newest location is in Golden Valley, just off of 394. You could find more at myspire.com. Remember, Spire is insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. That's Steve right there with the hey. heavy sigh. Hey, Steve. It's too interesting to sound human. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you, Donna. Cool. All right, if you see something, say something, right? If you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. May I start? Yeah, of course. I can't believe you haven't seen this. Have you ever been driving down a road and there are telephone poles, which, by the way, are sort of on the endangered species list? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But you see a, a telephone pole, utility pole? Yeah. And then against it, leaning right against it, mm-hmm. is another telephone pole. Pool. Pole. Pool. 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 And you're thinking, 
that looks very dangerous. Someone should see about that other poll. I have seen this before. Don't know what you're talking about. You've never seen this? Mm-mm. Someone out there, email Don and Steve Show at MyTalk1071.com or more specifically, S. Patterson at MyTalk1071.com. I need an answer to this. Now, I think I may have gotten some intel the other day. I'm driving, Don. I'm just cruising down the road. You've been there. Mm, oh, for sure. And I looked up and I saw one of these things, a telephone pole leaning on to the point where, Donna, look at the camera. Here's, uh, oh, here's, wait, hold on, hold on. I, 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 hold on. I'm getting there. I'm getting. Where's the camera? What did I teach you about? I know. There it is. Okay. Hi. All right. So here's telephone pole. Uh-huh. Okay. And then along the side of the road and then other telephone pole behind it leaned against it. I have no idea what you're talking You've about. You've never seen this where it looks like it's uh, making, I don't know, an isosceles triangle. I'm not a geometry oh, expert, guys. Isosceles. But I, as I was driving the other day, I looked up and I, I think I was moving by but i think maybe they're screwed into each other Mm. bolted into each other because every time i've passed one every time i've thought that is such a hazard they have what is going on here Mm. and there's no way that it just randomly fell and you know is now leaned against it and somebody pushes Mm. it and then down comes this you know 800 pound pole of wood Mm. these are wooden donna holly do you know what he's talking about I think I might have seen them out, out and about where it's just like one pole is slightly leaning against the other. You know, it's kind of going like, hey, but I just need to breast here for that's exactly right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, that is very, that's right, a great strange. description of it. You, I can't believe you've never seen this, Donna. Uh, you'll have to point it around? out to me. I'm, I'm trying to find pictures on Google. There's one just off of Powers on, in, in Jan Hassan. Well, I'm not going to drive all the way down Well, there. Donna, uh, just saying. Leans into another. I know, and the internet is not giving me the information that I thought it might, so that's kind of a bummer, too. Uh, why are there some telephone poles against another? What do they say? Wind. No, it can't be wind. Most likely causes wind. Yeah, see, I saw that. I'm like, it can't just be wind that something, a windstorm came to. It's like it's behind Wind-induced vibrations can travel down the wires a considerable distance. No, that's not a sufficient answer. All right, let's try this one. Uh, Why would two telephone poles be adjacent to one another? And are there public records on work done on those poles? Okay. All right. right. Okay. I don't want to play. All right, fine. Boy, if you read public records. They say it's a uh, grounding wire. The one that's leaning against it? I think so. We have to be getting emails. We have to get an engineer on the line right now. Somebody. Where's hot Adam? I don't think our our radio sound engineer is going to have an explanation. Why not? I feel like they're two different uh, situations. The energy company versus the engineer. Chrissy sent me an email. Hi, Steve. I believe those uh, these poles are stabilized to one another until replacement crew is able to permanently install dot, dot, dot. Chrissy, don't hit me with an ellipsis and then walk off. Oh, Kathy said the same thing. So what do we mean? The- she says that they're leaning against the poles um, that they're going to replace, but she's not sure. When is Hollywood going back to work? <laughs> Sarah said, telephone poles? When is Hollywood going back to work? Listen, I blame Steve for bringing up these weird random situations. This is the human experience. 
Lou saw this a while ago and almost called the cops to say, like, do you guys know? And I laughed at her in an attempt to belittle her to say, like, uh, I've seen so many of these. Obviously, there's some sort of a reason, like, the cops aren't going to put their lights on right. and come out to this. Right, I just right. don't know what the reason is. And are they, in fact, screwed into each other at the top? All right, we'll get to the bottom of it before the end of the show, okay? Got it. All right. Meanwhile, the Drew Barrymore show resumed taping yesterday. As you recall, they're not using writers, so they're not violating the Writers Guild strike rules. But, of course, the Guild is not happy about it. Two audience members showed up wearing WGA pins that were handed to them by picketers outside the studio. Mm. And those two audience members were asked to leave before the show started. Uh, Asked to leave, not asked to take the button off. No, asked to leave, yeah. And Drew didn't know anything about it. But when they got kicked out of the show, both of them were so upset that they joined the picket line. (laughs) Isn't that great? Spokesperson for the show later said they were ejected due to heightened security concerns. And Drew was completely unaware of the incident. So that that means they were thinking that these two people had the possibility of mid show. We yeah. don't write, you yeah. don't shoot. Or Blowing whatever. their hand to like yeah. the set. That's right. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, uh in related news, Steven Spielberg and his wife Kate Capshaw have donated $1.5 million in support of the writers and actors and other um, employees affected by the work stoppages. Support. That's nice, isn't that? It is nice. So I guess the funds dispersed since the uh, WGA went on strike in May have been split between the Entertainment Community Fund and the SAG-AFTRA Foundation's Emergency Financial Assistance Program. So that's where that money is, you know, going through. Sure. That's lovely. When is the um, the strike, both of them, when are they going to end again? Did we find that out? We yet, don't know. No? But okay. be TBD. Right. the Entertainment Community Fund has distributed more than $6.5 million to over 3,100 film and TV workers as of September 8th. And the SAG-AFTRA Foundation has doled out $2.5 million in financial assistance. So that's, that's great that they've got that in place for these types of situations. Um, oh, by the way, the talk in the Jennifer Hudson show also set to resume during the strikes. Oh. The two daytime shows are Writers Guild signatories and would follow in Drew Barrymore's footsteps. Wow. Huh, first, first domino goes. I guess. All right. Thank you, Holly. Bye. Okay, bye. Nice and next music news, too. Bye.